Blog Talk Radio. show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our support. <clears throat> On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. 9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can also go into our chat room, which is available right now. Oh, well, give it. Uh oh. Okay, I'll tell you what. Give it 15 seconds. Okay, it's up now. Feel free to uh, send your questions or prayer requests. Also, for those who may be on social media, I am on Facebook on my page, uh, Brother Prater, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Brother spelled out, and then Prater, P as in Paul, 
R A T S and Tom E R. You can catch me on my Facebook page as well as on my website at brotherprater.com forward slash reconnect my heart live. So I'm on there and I hope and pray that you all had an awesome, awesome Sunday, but not just any other Sunday. Today is Resurrection Sunday. So for those who uh, have not seen or told you all, happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Resurrection Sunday. So for today, my question, do you feel like most folks can't relate to you or do you feel misunderstood? When you look at yourself eyes of others, it can be very discouraging. But thank God that people's words, opinions, or action towards us does not define us. God made us with great value. He made us. He made us with great value. I want y'all to understand that. He made us with great value and worth. We are made his image and in his likeness. We have a great purpose and was all made unique according to the way he wanted us to be. So on today's show, we're going to talk about appreciating who you are, ignoring the negative folks, and much more in the episode called Being Square in a Round World. Being Square in a Round World. How to deal with not fitting in the crowd. So, hmm, how to deal with not fitting into the crowd. You know, um, this was really on me to to speak about. Uh, it's been on me the past couple of weeks. And one of the things I begin to see is so many people that are dealing with if you want to say, quote, unquote, identity crisis. They're trying to find their identity. And unfortunately, society is not helping. You know, I begin to look at some of the things that they market on social media, on uh, TV. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, especially the past couple of days, we've seen all these uh advertisements we've seen on social media how this rap artist now putting out some type of setting shoes i'm like crap you know people are trying just about any and everything to find themselves and sometimes they will even compromise their values their worth their ethics their morals they will compromise anything just to get ahead, just to be accepted. You know, a couple of weeks ago, excuse me, it might have been a, a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, I was at work, and for those that know, I work uh, in the jail, work for the Dallas Sheriff's Department, and I overheard this inmate telling another inmate, this apparently was the guy that was trying to rap, and he was saying, man, he, he would do anything he can to get ahead, to, to make it big. And so they were talking to him, and they said, man, well, would you kill your family? He said, yeah, I would. I'm like, what? I'm over here, and I'm like, 
and he wasn't playing. He was serious. He was serious. You know, and I heard so much more, and I'm like, man, and unfortunately, this is society. I mean, if you look at it, he represents so many other people who may not have been vocal to tell somebody how they feel or how they think. There are so many people that are trying their best to get in, be accepted, get accepted. You know, and a lot of times we often look at the people who may not know God, those who may not have grown up. Can you imagine the same people and the same identity crisis that some people may have who don't know God? There are some that deal with the same problem that have grown up in church or who have come from a good family. So you just never know what a person may be going through or what's going on in their mind. And a lot of it just have to deal with themselves. And so I just wanted to kind of just share with some of the things that um, God laid upon my heart just to talk about and it's unfortunate so many people, they're trying to be, I'm going to tell you like this, God made us to have relationships with each other. And we're not just talking about, oh, got to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. No, no, I mean, shucks, your family, your friends. You know, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago, and they were saying, oh, I'm not a people person. I said, yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not. Now, I can talk to this person because I know this person. I knew this person personally. So when that person was saying it, they said, well, I'm not a people person. I said, well, actually you are. I said, everybody's a people person. The thing is, it's just the selective people that you choose to communicate with or to trust or to deal with. And so as I began to just kind of break down and just show them based upon their life, and they said, yeah, you're right. I said, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to trust everybody. That doesn't mean that you have to, quote, unquote, talk to everybody or have a, quote, unquote, a relationship with everyone. You know how to be cordial with people. You know, you walk through the door, somebody coming behind you, you hold the door. You know, that's a conversation striker. Thank you. Or there's been some that say, you know what, you have respect for your man. Thank you so much. You know, that breaks the ice. So there are so many people, you know, they're looking for an opportunity to really just get connected with someone. Like I said, everybody want to be loved. I just say it like this. Everybody want to be loved. Everybody want to be accepted. And unfortunately, so many people, they're not accepted in one area, and they end up trying to seek the love or the affirmation from somewhere else. So many people, we've heard so many people, they say, well, you know, uh, they joined the game because they were looking for love. They were looking for love from a family. So instead of them getting the love from their biological family, they end up seeking love outside or in the streets. And they, they were accepted as far as having a street family. You know, so like I said, there's so many people that are looking for love. There's so many people that want to be accepted. And so... In the midst of that, how do we deal with when we stick out like a sore thumb? And the funny thing about it, I found out many of us, we can we can try to hide, we can try to camouflage ourselves amongst 
people who we may want to be around or people that we want to be like, or even especially for those who may have grown, like I mentioned earlier about those who may have grown up in church, who may feel like they have been sheltered. They feel like, you know what, um, I've had enough and I want to, you know, I want some friends. I'm tired of being in church. And this is me telling my age. I know growing up, uh, somebody I knew that was a PK kid, a preacher's kid, actually a pastor's child, um, he was saying, man, I'm tired of going to church. I'm always at church. I'm always at church. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, all night, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and Sunday night. You know, tired of church. <laughs> so um, that was back in the 70s. We were always at church, 70s, early 80s. And so many that I've known that try to have their own life and try to do some things with their friends who might have might not gone to church or may have tried to do stuff that they know they weren't told to do. And all of a sudden that preacher kid or pastor child will go amongst the friends that they know that they weren't supposed to be around. And I don't care how you try to dress like them. I don't care how you try to act like them. You stick out like a sore thumb. It seemed like, those bad kids, they can do whatever they want. But as soon as that nice kid does something, they get caught just like that. That bad kid can still do something and never get caught, seem like. But as soon as that good kid, it seemed like, whoop. And not only it's like you get caught, but also that conviction. That, you know, that, that inner feeling like, like, you know, you weren't supposed to do that. It's like you hear something. You hear God say, you know, I'm disappointed in you. And like I said, all you're trying to do, you're just trying to fit in as a kid. Like I said, you stick out. So many of us, they, we try so badly to just be accepted, you know. And so one of the things I found out, one of the things that get us is the peer pressure. The peer pressure, and especially now, my goodness, we had peer pressure when we were growing up, but it seemed like it has intensified throughout the years. So many of these kids, they deal with exactly the same thing that we dealt with, such as drugs, alcohol, sex. You know, we had the same issue when we were growing up. But now, my goodness, I see more young people now, not just pertaining to sex, not saying, you know, sex before marriage is good. No, it's not. Number one, I would advise people, wait till you get married. But what I wanted to bring up was when we were growing up, that was going on, true enough. But now, oh, my goodness, these People these days, or these young people especially, now it's more than just, you know, oh, regular uh, sex. But now, oh, they more into uh, same sex, um, um, multiples. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I, I like both. I'm like, my goodness. And the funny thing about it, a lot of these young kids, you'd be surprised how many young kids. They're saying, well, I'm I'm a transgender and all this other, but you're supposed to be nine years old. 
I'm like, my goodness. First of all, you're not even supposed to be thinking about sex. So many of these young people, I mean, next year I'll be 50. And to me, anybody, even if they're a year younger than me, they're young. I'm young. I consider myself young. But it breaks my heart where so many of these young people, they think to be accepted. I was talking to I was talking to my son, and he would tell me so many stories. And he always told me stories throughout the years. But he was sharing with me that some of his classmates, and he's going to be in the – actually, he's in the ninth grade now. And he was telling me some of the things that transpired when he was in school in, in the seventh grade and eighth grade and all that stuff, you know. I mean, young people going into the locker room, you know, young girls going to the boys' bathroom, you know, having multiple sex partners in school, you know, I'm like, for real? You know, it, it just baffling to me. You know, I would hear that in high school, in college, but hearing about it in elementary school, middle school, I'm like, wow, hey, maybe I live in a bubble. To some people, oh, man, you're naive. Well, to be honest with you, this is something that we have to learn. We have to know because this is what's going on. And and I always want to stay in the information highway, knowing, because that way we can be able to understand, not only so much of understanding what they're dealing with, but know what to pray about. Dealing with all these peer pressure, and some of the people, they end up feeling like they have to do that so that way they can be liked. Matter of fact, when I was in school, there was a young lady that was new to the neighborhood, new to the school, and I found out that what she wanted to do, she wanted to be popular. She wanted to be known. So what she did, she ended up uh, having a party at her house and having uh, whoever wanted to have sex with her, they could. And I'm like, man, you know, she ended up getting pregnant. I mean, people just trying their best to get accepted, even if it means for them to compromise who they are. And so, unfortunately, many people are dealing with that peer pressure. The peer pressure, you know, um, hey, 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 you know, you you want me to be your friend? But, hey, how about you drink this or how about you smoke this? You know, I'm like, man, and the bad part about it, it seems like everything TV, everything that we hear is promoting bad activity. I get so tired, this is me being real. I was telling my stepmother the other day, every time I go to certain neighborhoods, when I go to Walmart and in certain neighborhoods, I always smell weed. I'm like, my goodness, God is smelling that junk. You know, that's not for everybody. It ain't for me. You know, it's it's one thing when you're doing things legally and right, but I don't want to be smelling that stuff. Not just I don't want it to mess up my cologne, but also look here, I'm not feeling no drug test for nobody. That's me. And also, I was talking to my son today and I've uh, we've heard about you know it's one thing when we were growing up we would see people smoking in the car and there are kids or young people in the car that's bad enough with cigarettes 
now is weed. People smoking weed in the car with kids in the car. And we wonder why there's so many behavior problems in school. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. This might be a little bit off the subject, but some of us as adults, not just parents, but as adults, we have failed. We have failed our next generation. We failed. You know, we're not there to help. This was on my heart yesterday. You know, I was thinking about how even how, you know, we were talking about the peer pressure, the peer pressure from their peers, peer pressure from the young people. But I found out also we as adults give the young people peer pressure too. How is that? Let's just say, hey, in the church, they see us. They look up to us. You know, the young people need help. And they get enough courage. They have enough respect for us to come to us asking us to help them. And unfortunately, there are some that may help them. That's good. There are some. But then there are others who won't help them. But you know what they are told? Some of the younger people are being told, hey, look here, I got mine. You get yours. You know, the same way I got mine, that's what you need to do to get yours. And we're not helping. We're not mentoring our younger generation. We're not helping them. Unfortunately, you know what we're doing oftentimes? We're not trying to help them to be better for them to be like us. We too busy trying to be more like them. We trying to get in and live out our quote unquote youthfulness. Now, of course, we always say, you know, age. Hey, look at you are how you feel. But then also there's a time where we have to put up boundaries within ourselves where we need to be able to be in a place where we can help somebody that needs some help. And unfortunately, like I said, many people, they come into us, but a lot of us are not helping them. And unfortunately, a lot of us can't help them because a lot of us not getting the help that we need. So with that, with the peer pressure that's going on, like I said, the sex, the drugs, the alcohol, you know, there are many people that's going through that peer pressure. They're trying to be accepted. You know, and in the midst of trying to fit in, they're still trying to figure out who in the world they are. You know, they say that they're confused with their sexual identity. You know, and unfortunately, society is accepting that. There is no absolute truth. If there is absolute truth, but nobody is accepting absolute truth. And only God is the one that has already provided that absolute truth. But we're going against, we're derailing from truth, and we're trying to create our own, quote, unquote, not truth, but true. And there's a difference in something that's true. You know, I can say, hey, I'm going to say the sky is red. Now, is it truth that the sky is red? No, it's not. But is it true that I said that the sky was red? Yes, that statement that I said as far as the sky being red, it is a true statement that I said that. But it is, is it the truth? It is not. So when it pertains to the absolute truth, God is the one that already has established absolute truth. But a lot of us, like I said, we're derailing from what God has said. And we, when we derail from what God 
God's word said, is derailing us from our purpose, from the purpose and plan God has for us, but ultimately the identity that God has given us. And unfortunately, it's so many people that are hurting. They're looking for themselves. Like I said, people want to be accepted. People want to be loved. And I found that whenever we try to fit in to somewhere in a crowd or fit in with folks, that should be an indicator to us that that's not where we belong. That's something that we have to know that when we try to just force, wherever you have to force something, that's something that may not need to be. And so understanding that when it pertains to our purpose, when it pertains to our identity, we don't have to feel that we have to be accepted. It would be good, but I found out a lot of times God already have in place for the people that we need to intermingle with or befriend, but sometime along the way, sometimes the devil will end up sending people to block us from where God is trying to lead us, or sometimes Satan will put someone in place, maybe even frustrate us from that purpose, from that course, or intercept our focus where that way we won't focus on the person that God has planned us to be led to, but unfortunately, the devil may try to throw somebody in our path to distract us for us to be linked with someone that's unhealthy for us. And unhealthy not only pertains to a quote-unquote a relationship as far as love, but also friendship. So that's something that we have to understand because unfortunately many of us, we try to fit in. And I'm going to tell you, this message really got me when I began to think about it. I was like, man, that was something I needed 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Because I found out I found out something and it was so funny. I found out something three weeks ago, three weeks ago, to go see my sixth grade teacher. He stayed up the street from I haven't seen him in a while. But I went up to go see him. Excuse me, and I want to send a shout out to Mr. Davis. His name is Mr. Davis. Mr. Willie Davis from T D Terry Elementary School. Those that don't hear Many of y'all may know him, but he was my sixth grade teacher. He was actually mine and my sister, Sheila. And so I went to go see him, just say hi and everything. And he said something I never knew. He said, yeah, yeah. I'm, he said, I'm so proud of you and everything. He said, yeah, but boy, when you were in school, none of them kids wanted to play with you. He said, I used to have to beg them kids, hey, go, go over there and play with him. Go over there and play with him. He always called me Charlie P. <laughs> and when he said that, I was I was like, for real? He said, yeah, I used to I used to beg them little kids over there to go over there and play with you. And I was saying to myself, wow, I didn't know because <laughs> even he told them to play with me. They didn't go over there and play with me anyway. I was like, wow, <laughs> you know. But I see now, I did try to, if you want to say, fit in. But on the other hand, I had a lot of grace because I went to school with my sister, and my sister and I were in the same grade. So there, are, there were a few, unfortunately, there were a few girls that 
eventually tried to be my friend so they could be friends with my sister. But then there were some guys that will eventually try to play with me or be my friend to get to my sister. So either way, you know, but I said all that because, you know, when you look at it, sometimes we have to realize that it's some, when we, when we really understand that we may be square, what some people may say, but you know what? That ain't a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know, I thought about, <laughs> I thought about some of the terms, some of the terms that we often hear that was meant to be negative that pertains to us, or a label that has been given to us, such as square. You know, oh, he, he, he's a nerd, a nerd. Oh, he, oh, he just dumb. He just dumb. Sometimes even the word dumb, and it sounds harsh, but sometimes it just means, or even ignorant. I found that ignorant just means don't know, <laughs> you know, but they mean it in a negative way. They mean it in a harsh, insulting way. But what are we going to do? How are we going to take it? Hmm. Think about geek. <laughs> I thought about even Best Buy. Best Buy has the department that's known to help with appliances and electronics. When you need help, they call that area the geek squad. Geek squad. And I found out even being called or considered a geek regardless if you work for the geek squad or not, when people label you certain things, even such as geek, I thought about the geek squad. The geek squad, hmm, they are necessary for some people. I don't care how intelligent, how smart a person is, but let them have a broken appliance. Let them have a broken electronic. Let their computer crash. They're not going to call their buddy, buddy, buddy that been hanging around with them that that is unlearned. They're going to call somebody that's knowledgeable. They're going to call the smart one. A lot of times the smart ones, the ones they call the geeks, the nerds, they're the one to go to for the information. They're the one that they search for pertaining to the information highway. Hmm. So understand even pertaining to those certain words, I'm going to say one more word, one more word. This is actually a compliment, but sometimes we found out that some people mean it in a negative, a negative way. You're special. That person is special. Yeah. Yes, I am special, but I don't care how you mean it. I know how I mean it. We're special. We're unique. So even when people say negative words or they they try to mean it in, neg- in a negative context, we can receive the character. We can receive the character of the verbiage that they're saying, but we can reject the name. So in other words, what they mean pertaining to special or a geek. 
we can accept that character because we're learned. We're students of studying. But how they mean it or the context of what they're trying to say about us, oh, we can reject that. So we ain't got to worry about that. So understand, when they come down to certain words that they call us, it's true enough, we heard the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, to be honest with you, sometimes it does. But what we're going to do, we're going to learn how to not allow that to define us, regardless of who call us that. And I found out it's one thing for people who don't know you to call you something. But what about those that you look up to? What about those that you love, those that are supposed to love you? You know, I found out someone, a classmate may call you something. It, it may roll off you like water off a duck's back. But what about when your parents call you a name? That can be very hurtful. But in spite of allowing God to help us to not allow what they mean to define us, even though it may be hurtful, allow that to not define who you are. One of the things I found out, most of the time what we are trying to do when we're trying to fit in, we're just trying to find a friend. And like I said, for those I can speak about for those who used to have a hard time finding friends or being accepted, you know, you know, especially now, like I said, back then when I was growing up, it was hard, but I had a little grace because I had older siblings. I had my sister. So a lot of time people found out my name or people found out who I was related to. And sometimes I got a free pass. You know, like I said, I was looking at, myself and I grew up in school from kindergarten on up to the 12th grade with at least a sibling. Kindergarten, I had my older brother and then when I got in the first grade, my sister on up to graduation. So I always went to school with a sibling, but I thought about like my son. My son don't have, don't have a sibling in school with him. So there are some people who might be the only child. There are so many people who may not have had the opportunity like I had. So what they try to do, they end up dealing with it alone. They end up, and, and I'm going to say like this, this is one of my pet peeves, and I, I'll be very careful to, um, I try to make sure that not only we don't tell people, but also even myself, make sure that even I try to explain <clears throat> They try to explain certain things in a way for there to be a better understanding. But we just can't tell the young people that may be dealing with that, well, just give it to God. No, it's more than just telling them to give it to God. We need to start telling them and show them how to give it to God. But also on the same token, this is an opportunity for mentoring. This is an opportunity for us to really just start educating helping that person, mentoring, helping that person who may not have an understanding of who they are. Because to be honest with you, I'm telling you, it's very frustrating to try to not just learn your purpose. It's already hard enough to ask God, you know, to reveal your purpose. But before your purpose being revealed, your identity got to be known. 
And that's a scary thing when you don't know yourself. It's a scary thing. You know, a lot of times we have not had the opportunity to learn who we are. Sometimes we might have been lost in a shovel in a big family. You know, I found that even in the midst of a big family, sometimes there are cliques within the family. You know, you might be, you know, you might love your siblings, but you may be closer to one than the other. This one you know. This one is more than just your sibling. This is your friend. You know, y'all did everything together, even though y'all in a big family. You know, so, you know, like I said, even, and I'll put myself out there, even um, years, um, it's been two years since my sister been gone. And when she first left, I was, I ain't going to lie to you, um, the first, I think 24, 48 hours, it was so much of a running through my mind in the first 24 hours um, after she had passed, I realized, man, I'm scared. I was literally scared. Wrong man, I was scared because I realized for the first time since I was 11 months old, for the first time, I have to find my identity without my sister for the first time. And that was that happened two years ago. So I know when it comes down to when you used to depend upon someone and, and I know there may be others who may be feeling the same way. You might have been close to a particular sibling. You might have had several siblings, but there is one that you uh, may favor or one that you may be closer to than the other. That doesn't mean that you don't love them, but it just y'all been together. Y'all may have been close around the same age or something like that, you know, or you know, you were just with that one more than the other one. There was a relationship that was established beyond kinship. So understanding even with that even within families you know some of you might have been closer to or whatever so your identity is very similar a lot of things that may have transpired in your life especially the important things in your life that person was with you that person know intimate details about you so you know i i i, I know two of them two family two friends of mine they were brothers and sisters, you know, um, I mean, my goodness, um, I just, my, actually, my sister and I used to always talk about them and everything, and they were like this, they were like this, and my sister and I was like that. Matter of fact, while I'm thinking about it, it's several more coming to my head, but, you know, when it comes down to siblings, especially, I mean, it sucks, some some twins some twins are close some twins they have that they have that bond they have that what's called twin intuition you know they feel each other pain you know i was i was joking uh in my book i had mentioned that uh when my sister when my sister was um pregnant you know you know she was she was having uh the cravings and all that stuff and i was having the pain you know all this so just craziness you know but hey, I thank God that just to me that just meant hey, look here, we loved each other, we were close, you know. But I said all that to say this, you know, 
there are some people who had that, who were privileged to have that, but then there are others might have been the only child. There are others who might have been you know, um, the only child who might have grown up in a military family that they have to uproot. They couldn't get close to anybody. You know, that, and that I can imagine that's a frustrating feeling. You know, they, they want to fit in. They want to be accepted. They want to be just like the other kids. But right when they start getting close, they got to leave. So what do you do? You live a life where it's almost like you have to protect your heart. You know, so matter of fact, while I'm thinking, there are some that are even trying to fit in into relationship. And what do I mean? They're trying their best to be loved by the opposite sex. They, they're giving of themselves. They're trying to make their self be seen. They're trying their best. You know, they're always doing things for someone just to get that person's attention. And we talking about somebody that they're not in a relationship with, but they're trying to be seen, trying to be noticed. And then sometimes what happens, there are some people that would receive it and say, well, thank you, thank you. And then after they pulled out their heart, they said, no, 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 no. You know, I'm not interested, you know, or there are some that would use them. There were some that would use them, and then all of a sudden, it's over. The person is left with crumbs. And so, understanding that being accepted, we all at some point, or the majority of us at some point, wanted to be accepted by somebody. Like I said, it could be friends, it could be within family, even church, people trying their best. They love in the Lord. They they just want to be helpful. They want to be helpful. They want to be noticed by the pastor or they want to be the noticed by they want to be noticed by the church members. Sometimes even just a little acknowledgement. They might want a little acknowledgement. You know, but what happens you do all that you can, and they still either don't acknowledge it or they don't appreciate it. It can be a letdown. It can really, really, really do something to you. So understanding what do we do, understand that most of the time we have to realize the people that we may try to fit in with, we got to start observing who they really are. Because oftentimes, like I said, the devil going to always try to throw somebody to derail us from a union that God is ordaining. When I say union, like I said, it's not just pertaining to marriage. It could be friendship. Friendship. Hey, ministry purpose. You know? So when it comes down to it, asking God to guard us, because what we got to understand, we got to Observe the people that we're trying to fit in with. What is what are their character? What what is their character? You know, um, are they healthy people? One thing that I understand that we have to understand: a true friend, a true friend is someone who will love you enough to be honest with you and tell you the truth. Yeah, somebody that's not going to be a yes man, tell you something 
just to appease your feelings. No, somebody's going to be real with you and tell you. But most importantly, someone is going to lead you to God. You know, the Bible gave us a great model of a true friend when it told the story of the man that was bedridden. And his friends got wind that Jesus was in the home ministering. And them friends tried so badly to get the friend that was bedridden into the house, and the house was so packed with people, those friends got the friend that was in the bed on top of the somebody's roof and tried to get them in so they can get to Jesus. So the moral of the story that I always think about, a true friend will always, always find some way to lead you to Christ, to get you to Christ. That's what a true friend would do. Ultimately, a true friend will be a person of integrity, will be honest, tell you the truth, but most importantly, try to get you to Christ and keep you in Christ. You know, you know, that's what a true friend would do. A true friend will have your best interest at heart. A true friend that would love you enough to tell you the truth. Mm. But also, understanding when we are trying to fit in, like I said, a lot of times we're trying to search for our identity. We're trying to find out our, you know, our purpose, find out who we are. And like I said, the main thing, we can't depend upon what a person says. We can't depend upon how a person treats us. What we have to do we have to understand the person that really has to find us is not what we dealt with, not what people said about us, but God himself have already identified us. He have already identified us. Understand that we were born with God's identity, characteristics. Also, understand there's so many people Unfortunately, so many people who feel like they don't belong. And it's unfortunate, so many people, when they feel like, you know what, I, I don't fit in with people. Maybe I'm not meant to be alive. Maybe it was meant for me to die. I've heard that throughout the years. I heard people, you know, it have dealt with their psyche. You know, they feel like because they don't belong, they have no existence. They have no purpose. No, no, no. I want to tell the person who may be feeling that, you know, they feel useless. They feel like they're in a way. You're not in a way. There is a purpose for you. But you can't seek man based upon finding out what your purpose is or your identity. No. You are more, I'm going to tell you, to that young lady who may feel like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know, uh, uh, I've been through so much and, you know, those who might have been abused, those who might have been dealt with so much, understand, you are more than just a piece of meat. There are some they feel like all they're good for just laying up in somebody's bed just for sex. No, 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 that, that ain't even, that ain't even the truth. That ain't true, and that ain't the truth. You're more than just some sex object. 
You're more than just some quote-unquote punching bag. You're not that. That's not you. True enough, that person may have done you wrong, but you know what? That person was not meant. That person was not meant for you. And you think about it. That person was fighting you, but most importantly, that person was fighting against your purpose, fighting against your identity. You know why? Because they didn't know theirs. Or they didn't want to accept yours. So you don't gravitate to them. You don't belong in a in that kind of company. You don't belong there. I don't care who who they were and who they are. That's no your identity, that's not your purpose. Allow yourself to be dealing with them or going over there or whatever, trying to convince them that you're more valuable than the way that they treat you. That's not your purpose. That's not your identity. The one that God has for you, regardless if it's relationship or friendship, the one that God has for you, they know your identity because they see the Christ in you. But those who don't appreciate the Christ in you, of course, they're going to act that kind of way, but also understand when they're beating you, they're not only beating you, but they're beating the Christ in you. So if they don't want to accept Christ, they don't need to accept you, point blank. Point blank. And so I always tell young ladies, and of course, we know domestic violence can happen to not only the women, but also it can happen to the guys. But I wanted to talk to the one who may feel like, you know what, in the in the relationship that they're in, they're trying to make everything they're trying to make everything work and understand you're trying to make something that was not designed to work work. I don't care how badly, how badly you try to make them mate. A fish cannot mate with a bird. A fish cannot mate with a bird. And let's just say the fish and the bird gets married. If the fish and the bird gets married, where are they going to live? Because if the fish live with the bird in the air, then guess what? The fish is going to die because it's out of the water. It's out of its habitat. But if the bird lives in the comfort with the fish, what's going to happen? That fish, that bird going to drown. So they can't live together. They're in two different inhabitants. They are in two different environments. And that's the same thing with you. I don't care how you try to make that work. You are two different creatures, two different two different environments. So understand that. Accept that. That's the key to accept that. Accept that. You don't you don't try to fit in. I don't care how badly you try to be that perfect girlfriend or whatever. Understand that's not your husband. <laughs> and also when you get that one out of your heart and out of your life and get healed, then that right one can come to you. The one that God has for you can come to you. But in order for the one that come for your heart to come, you got to get the one that's over here out of your heart. Shortchange yourself and your purpose, your identity. And true enough, that person may have talked you down and all that stuff, but understand they're trying to talk you out of your purpose and your identity. 
So when it boils down to it, being able to just accept that y'all are two different individuals, two different creatures in two different environments, but they need to stay in their environment and you allow God to bring the one for you. Actually, it's already in your environment, but to reveal the one that's for you, because the one that's for you is already in this inhabitant. It's already in the environment that you're at. You know what? The the fish that's going to mate with the other fish don't have to be found in the air. It's already in the water. It's in the water somewhere. All they need to do is just connect. Understand, the one that God has for you and the one that is meant for you, all you need to do is just, just allow yourself to be healed, to be whole, for you to be able to understand your purpose and your identity. And it's not based upon how they treated you. It's in spite of how they treat you. Also understand, understand that so many people, even like I said, I know it's, I know it can be frustrating when it seems like, well, shucks, everybody else is, you know, going out and, you know, I, I'm, I just want to, I want a friend. I want somebody I can, I can kick it with, whatever I said, you know, and like I said, and this is me, you know, um, I was looking at, I was looking at a friend of mine and he said, I think he told me, might have told me about uh, maybe about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And when he told me how he was, I was like, man, that made me feel like, wow, I wasn't, I wasn't such an eyeball after all. Even though I grew up in a big family and I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. I use myself as an example a lot of times so that way people can understand, hey, look here, y'all may know that I'm a preacher and all that stuff, but I'm just like y'all. We're human beings. That doesn't mean that we're in sin either. But God made each and every one of us, you know, unique. God made of us God made us to live in this world. But also on the same token, understand, you know, we all go through struggles. You know, the preacher goes through struggles just like the sinner man. But a great friend of mine, uh, he's no longer with us, but uh, Evangelist Kevin Hall, he said he comes from a big family, but there were times that he would be in a crowd, and then right while he was in the crowd, he'd just walk off and be off to himself. I said, man, that's, I said, me too, you know. And so finding out that you know, sometimes we don't fit in with sometimes, if you want to say the regular crowd, for a reason. Sometimes our purpose, understanding that our purpose, we can't be like everybody else. Sometimes it may be frustrating, but there's a way that we can work ourselves and appreciate ourselves because there are times even Right now, there are times I don't mind being around the crowd, but I know oftentimes I'm a loner. Oftentimes I be off to myself. Oftentimes I cut the radio. Actually, I don't even play the radio, but sometimes I just have silence for me to hear. Number one, I can have a conversation with God. Sometimes even have a conversation with myself. Just quiet, you know. When I'm when I'm home by myself, I have everything off and just listen, you know. And so, not everybody 
does that. There are some people, they love being around people 24-7. But then there are others that may be just loners. But being able to have that balance, and that's what to learn, being able to have that balance. And the only way we can have that balance is knowing Christ and also knowing who we are in Christ. So I wanted to make sure to bring that up because um, it's so many people, they they feel like they frustrate themselves because they see somebody else doing something and they try to mimic the same thing. And you were not designed for that. You know, it's just like a custom-made suit. If I make a, if I get a custom suit made for myself, once I take it off, if somebody else try to put it on, it may quote unquote, they might be able to put it on. But unless they built exactly like me, there are certain areas, it may be loose in one area, it might be tight in the other area, but it's not going to fit them like it fit me because it was not designed for them, it was designed for me. And so each and every one of us may be going on a um, at an event where it's, you know, dressy, dressy. And then guess what? I'll be at the event, but we at the event with custom-made outfits. So understanding we're there for the cause, but the uniform or the attire that we have on were designed specifically for us. That's the same way we have to look at, and you have to look at your identity. It may not be meant for you to, quote, unquote, fit in certain groups or with certain people. So instead of you beating yourself up, how about you first start examining where you're trying to fit in? Because what if God is bringing that resistance to prevent you so that way you won't harm yourself? What if that person, what if that group of people may be toxic for you? I actually was watching, um, actually yesterday, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie was on, and he was speaking about uh, his daughter, Nicole Richie. He was speaking, and she got the help that she needed. She went through some personal things and stuff. But in the rehab that she was in, they told her in order for her to get the help that she needs, she got to leave those people that was associated with what she was addicted to. She got to leave them alone. And she had to love herself enough to realize just like whatever she was in was toxic, so those who were linked with that, they're toxic too. And so sometimes God may be trying to keep us away from the people that may be harming us, who may, like I said, derail us from the purpose and plan he has for us. You know, that's something we have to accept because I'm telling you, what I found out was what, what God has for us and where God gives gifts, he gives riches and adds no sorrow. So you think about a magnet, positive and a negative on the size of a magnet. But then you get the other magnet and look here. They connect. They're together. Even if you get them close enough, it'll jump out your hand. And they stick just like that. You don't have to put them together. But then you turn the other side. And guess what? I don't care how you try to force it. 
it wasn't meant to be together. Even when you try to smash them together, as soon as you move your hand, boom. And sometimes the devil will have us to try to mesh with people that God is trying to move away, move us away from. And like I said, it could be relationship. It could be friendship. It could even be family members. It could be church members. But understanding and observing each person, understand, even, get this, even examining your motives of why you're trying to connect with certain people. Because, you know what, these people may be good, may be healthy, may be morally good. But on the other hand, you're trying to connect with them and come to find out your intentions may not be good. And you might be the one that God may be trying to prevent them from being connected to you. It's just something to think about. There are some people, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to network. And so many people, they try to fit in into the big church, not because the church is uh, fulfilling God's commission and they're, they're being active in the community. No, they want that on their resume. They want that so they can network. Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to such and such, such a church, that big church. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my church. Oh, yeah, I know pastor. See, your your motives are ill. Your motives are ill will. So like I said, being able to look at both sides, and especially, like I said, for the younger people, you know, like I said, so many people, so many people that are trying to find their niche, their purpose, and they just want to fit in. And so what we want to do, we want them to understand it's cool to be square. Matter of fact, there's a song that uh, when I was growing up by Huey Lewis in the news, it's called It's Hip to Be Square. It's hip to be square. But guess what? Call you square, but what do you call yourself? It doesn't matter what they call you. The main thing is not only what you call yourself, but also what you answer to. doesn't matter what they call you, but it's what you answer to. That's what matters. What you accept for yourself. So, and like I said, the devil may try to bring some distraction, bring some discouragement, bring some depression, make you feel that, you know, you don't belong, or, you know, you're just a waste. No, you're not no waste. You're important. You're valuable. You're loved you're loved by God and you're loved by people. Also, there's a um, there's an old saying that a friend of mine, uh, it was a lady that I met years ago, and she said to be noticed is to be different. Hey, you might be the one that you always like me. And this is me. I always wear a long sleeve. I don't like wearing a short sleeve. <laughs> but there are some people they may call you a nerd. You know, you might be, you might love to have your guitar and just be on the corner or just, hey, matter of fact, I think about Linus from Charlie Brown. Linus, he loved having his blanket. That was his security blanket. But guess what? That boy can turn that piano up. My favorite character, my favorite character uh, on Charlie Brown, hey, it was Linus. But as far as I love the Muppets. The Muppet Show, 
the person I identified myself with was a character called Animal. He was a drama. He was often misunderstood. Nobody could understand what he was saying. But I guarantee you, they knew what he was saying when he grabbed them drumsticks and started playing the drums. That was my hero. <laughs> and so, understanding, hey, you know, you might, you might not, you might not think that you're important because, hey, you might not have the attributes like these other people, but you are important. Matter of fact, um, it's four boys in my family. And I'm the smallest one. When I say the smallest, I mean the shortest one. I'm the shortest one. My oldest brother, if I'm not mistaken, he's about 5'11". About 5'11". My second brother, he's about 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", somewhere around there. My baby brother, a good 6'3", somewhere around there. And then hear me, (laughs) 5'9". And that's with heels on. <laughs> that's with my church my church shoes on. So <laughs> understand, you know, I, I asked I asked God one time, God, why am I short? <laughs> you know, hey, I tell people you need to ask God, talk to God. And I realized something. He he eventually told me, you know, when I became an adult and I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I realized he made me my height. He made me the way I look for a reason. He made me that way. And guess what? He made you that way. You know, what some people would call imperfections, no. God made you just like he wanted you to for a particular reason, for a reason. You know, that's something that we have to ask God to help us not only to accept, but help us to attract. Because who we are will attract the one he has for us. You understand that? Like I said, if it's not just pertaining to courtship, it can be pertaining to business, it can be pertaining to friendship, everything. Because all we have to do is what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you with me. All these things shall chase you down. You have to look for them. They will look for you. Why? Because there's unique characteristic that God has placed upon you within the fabric of your being to attract everything that he has for you. Hmm. I mean, I wish I had known all this when I was younger. I wouldn't. I don't think I would have been dealing with depression or dealing with low self-esteem and all that stuff. Yeah, I dealt with it. And that's one of the reasons why I can speak about a lot of the topics that I bring up. Because I dealt with it personally. I dealt with it personally. You know, so understand, we were made for a reason. The way we look, where our eyebrows, some people may be a unibrow or whatever. God made you a certain way for a reason. So ask him to help you to accept not only who you are, but how he made you. You look like the way you do. You look like the way you do. Like I said, you know, for someone who used to hate looking in the mirror, hated how he looked. And matter of fact, I remember this one young lady when I was, and I, I mentioned it earlier a couple of years ago, but I'm not going to say her name, but she called me in the seventh grade and 
she was in the eighth grade. I was in the seventh grade. And she called me, get away from me, ugly duckling. She called me ugly duckling. I was like, man, that devastated me. That that devil that devil me for many years. And I've been called other things throughout the years that really just kind of added fuel to the fire what she called me. I was like, man. But understand, we as people, unfortunately, we don't really help those that we could help who may have gone through or that are going through what we had gone through. And so God wants us to help and mentor them. But also understand when you look in the Bible, there are so many people in the Bible that we look at so many people we look at the Bible and we're like, wow. You know, we read the Bible and we read these people's lives and stories and we think, wow. Wow, that that's that's awesome. But we have to understand those people are just like us. They are human beings just like us. So we don't have to worry about, wow, these people in the Bible, they are cool, but what about me? You know, what about, what about, um, you know, I wish God would love me the way he loved these people and that people. But we have to understand God made each and every one of us and also understand those people that we read about in the Bible, they were just like us. And understand, they weren't, if you want to say, superheroes or some people who were just, uh, uh, you know, just special. No, they were just like us. Even when you look at the disciples, the 12 disciples that Jesus chose, you know what disciple means? It doesn't mean some high priest, whatever. No, disciple means a learner. And so when we're reading God's word and studying God's word, we are a disciple too. We are learners of Jesus Christ. So understand the people that we read about in the Bible, the same God that did it for them, he could do it for us. We ain't talking about no different God. No, it's the same God, the same God that guided the Israelites, the same God that rose Jesus from the, uh, from the grave, rose Lazarus. The same God that created the heaven and the earth, he's there accessible for us. We have to accept that. But also, I want to I want to share with y'all this, a couple of things. Understand, John one and twelve it tells us, "Ye to all who who did receive him, talking about Jesus, to whom who." Believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Also, Ephesians 1 and 7, to him we all have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in according with the riches of God's grace. Get this. Genesis 1 and 27, so let us make man in our own image in our likeness. We were made in God's image and likeness. That's something that's awesome. In other words, we are special. We're special. Jeremiah 1 and 5, it tells us, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I 
set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Also, 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. A lot of time we hear the word um, uh, shucks. That was a lie. Um, I had tonight, I used a different translation, but I was trying to get another translation. Peculiar, thank the Lord. We often hear the word, we are peculiar people. Peculiar doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean uh, 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 something some, uh, better. We're better than, than anybody. No, it doesn't mean that we're different. We're different. There are some people who live and they don't even acknowledge God. They ain't saved. But we, at God's people, we understand he is our source. We have someone to lean on. We have someone to go to when times get hard, when time gets rough. We have someone to go to. So understand, hey, look here. All we got to do is go to God. We have someone that will help us in our time of need and time of hurt. We have someone to go to. Also, John 15 and 15, I no longer call you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend. You are a friend. I am a friend of God. Also, a few more. Psalms 139 and 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God has crafted each and every one of us. Now, true enough, he has used your mother's DNA, your father's DNA to handcraft you. And if you look at it, you may have some resemblance of your mother. You may have some resemblance of your father. You may have some resemblance of someone on down the line on your mama's side or on down the line on your father's side. And then your mother and father got together to create you. And then you go down the street and you see somebody that look exactly like you that aren't even related to you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But God made you that particular way for a particular reason. Also, this one is one that caught my eye. It's the last two. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are God's workmen, excuse me, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, excuse me, which God promised in advance for us to do. Also, Psalms, four, excuse me, Psalms 17 to 8. And I always like to talk about that particular verse because a lot of us don't understand the concept of that verse. We are the apple of God's eye. The apple of God's eye is not talking about a fruit that you eat. It's a metaphor that's speaking about the pupil, the pupil, the pupil of the eye. And the original word for pupil means little doll or little man. So that means when you look into somebody's eyes, you see a reflection of yourself through their pupil. But when they look in your eyes, you see a reflection of 
they see a reflection of themselves in your eyes. Hmm. So in other words, when God looks into our eyes, he sees a reflection of himself. And also, when we look into God's eyes, we should see a reflection of ourselves. And one of the things I always say, I found out from the time you were born up until the time you were an adult, everything in your body grows, changes, and expands, except for one thing, your eyes. You have the same size of eyeballs that you had when you were first born, the same ones you got now. So in other words, that image that God saw in your eyes when you were born is the same as what he sees now as you're a full adult. But see what happened, sometimes distance get in the middle of two individuals. And when distance come in the middle of two individuals, it's harder to see the image of yourself in their eyes. So that's why the word repentance is so important. Repentance meaning to two words, read me, do again, and pen, get back into the high level that you once were at. So when you replose that gap, close that distance, remove that distance, because sin separate us from Christ. Sin separate us. But what? But repentance bring us back. So that's what we have to do. And last but not least, I want to I want to read. I'm not going to play the song for copyright reasons, but I mentioned one song. It's hip to be scrubbed by Huey Lewis in the news. But the other song that really caught my attention when it first came out, it really did my heart good. And I felt like it was fitting for this occasion on this podcast. There's a song by Michael W. Smith. It's called Place in This World. And the lyrics go like this. <clears throat> the wind is moving, but I am standing still. A life of pages waiting to be filled. A heart that's hope. A heart that's, that's hoping. A heart that is hopeful. A head that's full of dreams, but this becoming is harder than it seems. It feels like I'm looking for a reason, roaming through the night to find my place in this world, my place in this world. Not a lot to lean on. I need your light to help me find my place in this world, my place in this world. If there are millions down on their knees, amongst the many, can you still hear me? Hear me asking, where do I belong? Is there a vision that I can call my own? Show me I'm looking for a reason, roaming through the night, to find my place in this world, my place in this world. Not a lot to lean on. I need your light to help me find my place in this world, my place in this world. I'm looking for a reason, roaming through the night to find my place in this world, my place in this world. 
Not a lot to lean on. I need your light to help me find my place in this world. My place in this world. And it's so fitting on today because the one that can help us find our place in this world is the one that died and rose for us that we're celebrating today on this Resurrection Sunday. Jesus not only died for us, him dying, that was great. But what was better, he got up. He got up with all power in his hands. He got up with our identity, our purpose in his hands. Victory over the pain, victory over everything that we dealt with. Victory for us. For us to be able to exchange his life for ours and our life for his. He died for you. He died for me. He died for you to be able to seek him and talk to him. Like I mentioned earlier, he, he wants us to call him friend. Friend. We serve an approachable God. We serve a God that is holy but also approachable. And in case you don't know your purpose, in case you don't know your identity, you don't have to seek somebody that don't love you, who does not have your best interests at heart. We can talk to God. And one thing I always tell people, God wants us to talk to him just like a friend that we can call. We can share our most intimate problems and in, in, in situations. God wants us to talk to him. And he's accessible for you right now. And just in case you're trying to figure out, well, I've heard so much about uh, God, but what do I do to be saved? Romans 10 and now tells us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to try to figure out, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just know that he has already worked everything out for you. You don't have to do anything that you feel like, well, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. No, everything was already worked out for you. Everything was already worked out for you. So understand, this is something that he has for you right now. Jesus Christ died for you. He died for me. And just in case you may feel like, you know what, you may feel like giving up. You don't have to give up. Why? How dare you give up? You didn't make yourself. So in other words, there was a purpose for you to be here. I don't care how you got here. I don't care when you got here. There are some who might have got here by, look, a one-night stand. Your parents might have had a one-night stand. You might have been adopted. Whatever the reason, guess what? You were going to be here anyway. But there is a purpose for you. And I want you to understand, I don't care what people have said or what people have done towards you. That doesn't define you. Let that refine you. There are so many people that the devil have tried to get a head start, so to speak. And he felt like if he can get a head start, they won't reach their purpose. They won't seek God. They're going to seek their problems instead of seeking God. Understand, you're way beyond what somebody think about you. So understand, 
God loves you so much. He died for you. He died for you, for Y-O-U. And also, just in case those who may be going through something, going through depression, heartbreak, might be in a situation you might have been in, we're going to come together and we're going to pray for you. Just in case you have never prayed before, just in case you never had anybody to pray for you, we're going to pray for you right now. And understand, you are loved. Understand, the group that you were trying to affiliate with, that wasn't for you. The group that God has for you, you know what? God going to reveal to you those who really love you, those who has your best interests at heart, those that's going to get the best out of you, those who going to have you to seek him. They're going to always reference you to them, not to themselves. People don't want to use you, so you're not to be used. The one that God has for you, they're not trying to take from you. They're trying to give to you with no hidden agenda or motives. And you are valuable. You're priceless. Like I said, let today be the day on Resurrection Sunday that you're resurrected from the problems, from the insecurities, from the trying to fit in. Understand, you're like a nice outfit. You don't fit in. You don't fit in for nothing. You don't fit in. You stick out for a reason. You, an outfit that's fitting out for the purpose and plan God has for you. So whatever the situation is, we're going to touch and agree right now. We're going to come together and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence on today. We ask, Lord, first of all, God, to forgive us for anything that we said or done or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. We ask you, God, to forgive us, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. We're coming to you right now, God, thank you, Lord, for making us, for creating us just the way you want us, God. Even, you know, every hair on our head, you know them by number, God. God, just like how you know the stars by name, you know us, you know every intimate thing about us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for making us the way that we we are, God, for a purpose that you have for us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for making us, God. You made us, God, in your image and likeness, God. And help us, God, to recognize that. God, help us, God, to understand, God. If we can trust you, God, with our purpose, with our plans, with our identity, God, if we can thrust that upon you, God, God, we know that you have our best interests at heart, God, and you will not withhold anything good from us, God. So, God, I ask you, God, to help us, God, with the security, God, in you and God, giving us the security, God, and knowing who you are, God, and reveal to us who we are in you, God. God, we ask you, God, to help us, God to receive the purpose and plan that you have for us, God. And, God, we're speaking, God, for those relationships or friendships that was not meant for us, God. Help us, God, to recognize the red flags and avoid, God. Help us, God, to understand, God, what's healthy, God. Help us, God, to understand and receive, God, what you have authorized, God, in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stands for. We send him back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we're speaking, God, 
For those who might have been uh, uh, feeling depressed, God, those who might have felt like giving up, God, help them, God, to hold on, God, and let them know, God, this is not a mistake, God. They're not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that they're hearing this message, God, and help them to understand regardless of how they came upon the scene, God, regardless of if their mothers or mother and father are together or if they separated or whatever, regardless of who they family or who they friends are, God. Help them to understand, God, that they have a purpose and it's valuable, God. Help them to understand, God, that they're not a mistake, God. Help them, regardless of what people have said about them, God, they are not a mistake, God. God, they were designed, God. They were on purpose. They they were going to come on the scene, God, and you authorized it, God. So, God, we speaking, God, that you help your people to understand, God, their identity, their worth, God. So, God, we even speaking, God, for those who may be sick, touch and heal their bodies right now, God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God, those who may be in a hospital bed, God, touch and heal their bodies right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, those who may be grieving, God, comfort them, be with them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, those who may be dealing with depression, God, those who may be dealing with, uh, like, dependency, God, either uh, chemical dependency, God, regardless if it's alcohol, regardless if it's drugs, or even pornography, God, even sexual activities outside of marriage, God. God, we're speaking, God, for deliverance right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, speak your word, God, and break every soul ties right now that's unhealthy right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, we speaking, God, that you remove the grip of the strong man right now. In the name of Jesus, say to take your hands off of God's peace people and off of God's property right now in the name of Jesus. And we even break the generational curse right now in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of pornography right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every addictive spirit right now, send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, any inadequacy spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, every low self-esteem spirit right now, send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, whoever holding the spirit of failure right now, like those maybe feel like there's a there's always a pattern. There's always a pattern of disappointments, of letdowns, of, uh, of disappointments. We send that back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, raise up that bow down head, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, God, thank you, Lord, for deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for breaking the devil's back right now, canceling his assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're speaking, God, for those who may be dealing with uh, uh, bickering and feuding, God, even within the family, God, God, speaking peace right now, God, deliverance to God. We're speaking, God, for forgiveness, God. We thank you, Lord, even for repentance, God. God, give someone who may be uh, wholehearted, cold-hearted, God, stubborn, God. We speak, God, give them that desire, God, and even, God, give them that desire to repent to people before they go to you, God. God, we understand, God, we got to get it right 
with others, God. And if we can get it right with others, then you can then they can get it right with you, God. So God, help your people to understand, God. Help people to understand we can't avoid people to try to go to you. God, we gotta deal with the issue at hand. So God, we speak God that you set the scene right now, God. And let there be peace, let there be harmony right now, God. In the name of Jesus, unity right now. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the finished product, God. We thank you, Lord, for the finished results right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we speak God for healing of the heart, God. Those who might have had to leave relationships, God, leave friendships, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you caught their heart and helped them to understand what's, what's best in your eyesight, God, what's healthy right now, God. Remove every toxic relationship, regardless if it's within relationship or even within family or even within church family, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you expose and remove it right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, we say amen, amen, amen. I know, I know as I was praying, I, I kept biting my jaw every time I was speaking about addiction. Every time I was speaking about addiction, I was biting my jaw, but I thank God that he got the victory. I don't care what the devil tries to do and watch. As soon as I get off the podcast, I'll be able to speak and all that stuff without biting my jaw. But it seemed like when I was speaking about addiction, that that's when I kept biting my jaw. But I thank God. God got the victory with this. I was not gonna I was not gonna stop. I don't care if I bled. My main thing is I'm sick and tired of seeing the people of God going through stuff. And it's time for us to start praying for people. And you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to be able to really just pray for each other, pray for each other. So I just thank God for the opportunity. Thank y'all for even uh, tuning in. If you want to catch me on Brother Prater, you can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Pierce and Paul, R-A, Tears and Tom, E-R. You can catch me on Facebook. You can see my daily devotions, and you can see my videos. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and also personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my uh, website, the source section where you'll see two of my books, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood, is for both men and women. Also, the book called The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. That's uh, in memory and honor of my sister, Sheila Prater. So I thank you all for tuning in, and I hope and pray that there was something that was said that would minister to you and challenge you in a good way. So I hope and pray that there was something that was said, and I thank each and every one for listening to Reaching at My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night.
Hello there, hello there, my kids in the bad times. Thinking, contemplating. Anything I can help with? Maybe if I can stimulate some thoughts, trigger some uh, creativity. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.